Hey guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of The Crucial Conversation. Before we get to today's episode with Fazel Colbreth, I want to tell you a little bit about some sponsors. The first person I want to talk to you about is Charity Sanders and Modest Direct. Ladies, Modest Direct is an online boutique created with you in mind. They want their customers to feel confident, stylish, and modest while saving money in the process. They provide multiple styles for each unique shopper. But the cool thing is they have a five-star Google rating. They have been in business for four years, so that's the thing. You can be in business for four years and still have a perfect business. Come on, guys. It don't get better than that. Customer service is their number one goal. They have a VIP email group. Even if you don't buy right now, it's easy to sign up for, and they tell you a little bit about what's going on. Go to their website, modestdirect.com, put in promo code CRUCIAL21, and get 10% off your entire order. Go to modestdirect.com today with promo code CRUCIAL21. Another one of our sponsors, a good friend of ours, is Charity's husband. Yeah, that's right, Corey Sanders. God First Living is a business balance between you, your family, your church. This guy does seminars. He goes out and comes to your church, and he lets you um, kind of dig into what he's learned through the years. Um, if you have a business venture but not sure how to move forward, or if you want to be in ministry or bless your local church financially, you just don't know how to do it, Corey Sanders is your guy. 20-plus years of experience, offers workshops, like I said, seminars, like I said, and they want to educate you today on how to take your passion into a blessing for the kingdom. You can go to godfirstliving.com. Or you can give him an email today at godfirstliving at gmail.com. Don't wait. Get this guy booked. He's going to be booking up very quick. Businesses are coming back after the COVID-19 pandemic. Get him to come to your church today to talk about what he's got going on. You don't want to miss out. Also, I want to tell you about an event that Brian and I will be at. We would love to see you there. It's livethemovement.org. Go there. Check it out. It's the Movement Conference, August 31st through September the 2nd. They have just a wide range of speakers. You don't want to miss it. It's in Maryville, Tennessee. They've got tons of hotels with discounts. They have a few tickets left, but you don't want to wait. They are running out quick. The hotels, you can go to their website at livethemovement.org, and you can actually reserve from right there. They have some awesome speakers from people all over the United States and the world. You want to check it out today. LiveTheMovement.org. Now, let's get to our guest. You guys are going to be blessed by Brother Fazel Colbreth. Let's get going. Hey guys, this is Brian. And I'm Tony. And you're listening to The Crucial Conversation Podcast. I am absolutely honored to have the guest that we have today with us. A few months back, it doesn't seem like it's could it should be that long ago, but it was a few months back that Brother Fazel Colbreth came down with some of his the guys that he uh, was doing a uh, Bible study seminar with at our church. They had uh, he had previously met our pastor and one of the gentlemen in our church, Chris Taylor, who's actually a uh, been a guest on this show. Uh, they had met in Cincinnati, Ohio, at a Bible study seminar hosted at uh, First Apostolic Church. I believe is the name of the the church. Tree and of life. and then uh, Tree of Life. I'm sorry, I couldn't remember exactly the name. 
uh, so at Tree of Life, which was pastored by Joel Urshan, and they had met there, and then Brother Colbert a few months ago, and again, as I said, it, just this year has been blowing by, and to think that it's been since early November of 2020 that we first met, and of course, it was a very brief interaction because you were extremely busy, and I was busy because I was making some barbecue for a, for the event. And so, unfortunately, I didn't get to set in in the seminar that you had came to had come to our church to do. And I'm looking forward to discussing with you as a, a little bit of a tease about some Bible study tips and the importance of soul winning. Some of the things you talked about. Before we do that, Brother Colbreth, again, I want to thank you for coming on, and I want to get to know you a little bit. So, so tell me a little bit about yourself. What's what's your background in church and your upbringing, and and just some things that uh, our audience that doesn't know you what is it to for them to get a picture of who you are what's uh, your story certainly well i'm a i'm a golf war baby <laughs> i was uh one to the lord uh during 1990 uh while deployed in the first gulf war uh, out of fort campbell kentucky going back a little further than that i grew up in emmanuel church of god in christ in Steubenville, ohio um and I had a desire to live for God on, on several occasions, but <clears throat> when you're trying to do something, you know, without God's power, without a clear understanding of his word is very difficult. So um, I joined the military and then my second deployment to the Middle East, we were actually on a peacekeeping tour in 85 and then Gulf War 90, um, I truth and um, was one to the Lord by Pastor Gary Ellis, who you all actually had as a guest on here before, uh, heard that phenomenal interview. Um, and he, you know, began to disciple us and teach us how to do home Bible studies and how to witness to people, how to start conversations and, and things like that. So I, I grew up in a single, uh, single parent household, uh, myself and two sisters, and my mother's always, always had a God consciousness, even though we weren't in truth. Uh, she's always had a God consciousness. So I actually baptized her uh, in Jesus' name in 2000. Uh, 1999, rather, she passed in 2000, and um, always had the Holy Ghost all of our lives. But you know that is that is who I am. I am I am a lover of people. Uh, I love fellowship. I love labor. I love witnessing, and I love working in the fields that that are already white and ready to harvest. Absolutely. So, when you were in the military, how hungry were you for God before you you met Pastor Ellis? You, you know what? I'm 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 smiling because there's a story behind this. All right, so, I'm looking forward to it. Well, I was hungry. I was very hungry, and I, I my first three years in, I was in the infantry, so we were rugged, you know, field soldiers. I was 11 Charlie, which was an indirect mortar man, indirect fireman. Uh, we fired mortars, <clears throat> and so uh, after a a traumatic experience where. Uh, we lost several people in our unit due to a plane crash in Newfoundland, Canada. Coming back from that peacekeeping tour, I reclassified. I reclassified and became an air conditioner refrigeration repairman. So, so going from an uncontrolled environment to a controlled, <laughs> controlled environment, I specialized in. And I went to a school in Fort Belvoir, uh, Virginia, and I met a couple of brothers from Chicago. And uh, these brothers, you know, I started hanging out with them, going to church with them, and based upon you know their connection to christ and what they understood to be salvation i i started worshiping with them and was under the perception that i, I was ready to go which i wasn't um and so while we were there in school those three months three and a half months 
man, I tell you what, we had some good church, good fellowship. But then after school, you know, the influence of those brothers are gone. And so, you know, you backslid, I backslid from that experience. So I was hungry for God. I've always wanted to live for God. Coming up as a child, I always wanted to live for God. I wanted to, I didn't want to do what everybody else was doing, but I never had the direction or the understanding of God's word to fulfill that. So when, when you first came into the church, how quickly was it that you felt a calling of God uh, to be a soul winner? Uh, immediately, <laughs> immediately. Mm-hmm. And, and I have to say that it's, it's because, you know, uh, the influence of the, uh, the culture of the church that I was in. Uh, Pastor Ellis is a huge component uh, for Bible studies, soul winner. He is a phenomenal teacher. Uh, instructor, and there was expectations that he had for all of us, even as new converts. I can remember uh, when we got back, we came back in 91, I went to Germany in 92, and during that little short time span that I was there in his church, he had us as new converts writing Bible studies, you know, Uh, and then on Saturday mornings, there was evangelism, there was outreach, um, there was uh, intercession, he taught most of that. And then the outreach director took us into the community where we, we were door knocking. And so it was, it was an immediate uh, type of impact uh, where even the majority, I, I tease people about my story because the only Bible study I knew how to teach back then was Rightly Dividing the Word by Larry Smith. I taught that Bible study left and right. I woke up two o'clock in the morning in my mind talking about that Bible study. I taught it so many times. Uh, in fact, on one trip, I joined Pastor Ellis. He was ministering in Evansville, Indiana. And I don't remember what preceded that, but I know that doors were just opening left and right uh, for that Bible study to be taught. And so I taught rightly dividing the word. If you're familiar with it, a lesson one is about an hour and 45 minutes alone, 30 minutes if you're good, you know. Uh, Lesson two is an hour and 45 minutes alone, you know. I taught that Bible study in one week 10 times, 10 times, Mm. you know. And um, uh, we went to Evansville, I had no idea where I was going, and I had no idea what I what I, when we returned. <laughs> I was I was I was I was wore out, you know. But man, it was it was life we were living. It was it was so enjoyable uh, to the point that I can't even remember. And I, I I praise God. I truly thank God for Pastor Ellis. In fact, uh, he's my daughter's, my oldest daughter's godfather. Him and Sister Ellis, and I refer to him as my spiritual father, which he is. You know, I can remember uh, there were times we were there at the Abundant Life Outreach Center. Uh, and I lived in the barracks at the time where Pastor Ellis would call me and ask me to go over to, you know, somebody's house and, and teach them rightly dividing the word. And I would meet them at the door, shake their hand, pleasantries, greetings, and sit down and teach that two-hour Bible study, you know. So uh, it was it was almost immediate, almost immediate. Awesome. So where are you from originally? Are you from the Cincinnati, Ohio area all your life, or where are you from? I'm from Ohio, but I'm not Cincinnati. I'm from a place called Steubenville. Uh, it's the home of Dean Martin, Jimmy the Greek. It's a small little city. Um, and I grew up there all my life. My family's originally from Albany, Georgia. Uh, grandparents, um, all my mom's siblings. These are my father's from that area. But we grew up, migrated here north, and we grew up there in Steubenville, Ohio. Okay. So so what brought you to Cincinnati, back to Cincinnati? Is it because it was closer to home? Or uh, how did you get from the military to Cincinnati? I'm going to resist the urge to become a storyteller because there's so, <laughs> there's so many stories connected with this journey. It's not even funny. Well, my wife and I retired out of the Army in um, October 2000. So she served as well? 
No, no, no. I mean, we, you know, collectively. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, in 2001, October, November the 4th, 2001. And I have two older daughters, Janelle and Sequoia, who, who live here in Ohio, in Superville at the time. And so we were praying, you know, whether we were going to go to Tennessee, uh, to ALOC, uh, Pastor Ellis' church, whether we were going to go back to Texas. My wife is from Texas, uh, which would have been a little bit of a, a journey. She wanted to go to San Antonio. I wanted to stay in Austin. And um, so we chose here, you know, to stay here in Ohio. So uh, we were attending a local church here and, you know, just experiencing some growth challenges. And I was talking to Pastor Ellis about it. And he asked me, and this, I forget what year it was. It was 2009, actually, 2008, 2009. And Pastor Ellis asked me how far is, uh, he asked me first, do I know Pastor Joel Urshan? And I'd heard of him, I knew his father, his grandfather, but I did not uh, know him directly. And he asked me how far his church was from, he told me the address where it was. I said, that's about an hour, 45 minutes to an hour. And so we started attending in uh, September, 2009 and have been attending ever since. Has he ever preached a bad sermon? Never. I, every, I've, I've listened to the church's podcast several times. And every time I listen, it's just like, it's just top level what you expect at general conferences or because of the times you name the conference. He's like that all the time. Oh my goodness. Bro. All the time, brother, all the time, you know, yeah. and it's such a blessing to have him not only as a pastor, but, but as a friend and as a leader, you know, mm -hmm. uh, that is so greatly appreciated, you know, as, as uh, in demand as he is, you know, uh, and we're coming out of the restrictions somewhat on COVID, you know, but as in demand as he is, you know, just the availability and how he makes time to impart into people, uh, into us certainly as ministers and of the gospel, you know, the way that he does is so greatly appreciated. You know, uh, I wouldn't be, I'm telling you right now, I wouldn't be who I am without a leader, without Pastor Urson in my life. I'm, that's straight up. So at the church, what is your position right now? I am the evangelism pastor um, with a specific focus. Um, over outreach um, and home Bible studies. We have another uh, minister volunteer in the church. His name is Dan Wilson. He's over our community involvement, community engagement, uh, which does a phenomenal job, you know. Um, so we work together uh, collectively to, to make the will of God uh, happen in our area. Awesome. So, so talk to me about Bible studies for a little bit. So uh, I don't even know really where to begin other than just turning it over to you since you're the expert. Uh, Talk to us about, about some Bible studies. Minister to our people out there. Encourage somebody. Um, I'm just, I'm here to listen. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about Bible study. So, so I'll just say it like this. When you hear the, the word Bible study, what do, what do you think? What do you feel when you hear someone say something about a Bible study? Well, you know, when I, when I hear Bible study, a lot of people have uh, taken a technical approach to the term Bible study. Uh, where they want to focus in on, uh, is it a Bible study uh, if you're teaching a curriculum? Uh, is it a Bible study if you're teaching a believer? Uh, it's certainly a Bible study if you're teaching a non-believer. Uh, so we, we, we struggle at times to define what a Bible study is. But what in a very specific general term a Bible study is, a Bible study is the teaching of God's word to a lost person to a believer, sharing content that will help them to grow, sharing content will help them to come into the knowledge of Jesus Christ, 
or sharing contact will, that will give them access into the kingdom. Whether it is a believer, non-believer, backslider, when we begin to minister the word of the Lord, we are targeting everybody wherever they are. Glory. And here's the value of, of teaching. We're, we're not trying to uh, invent something new. We're ministering the word of the Lord to people right where they are. And this is, I think, a challenge to, to Bible study teachers uh, in general, you know, uh, uh, working counterculture to what's expected in this world uh, is a challenge. And I say that because a lot of times we have uh, the tendency to allow the influence of our culture or the influence of mainstream Christianity to define to us as believers, you know, uh, what it looks like when somebody enters into the kingdom. So, so by virtue of us not expecting the Acts 2, 238 experience on every occasion, we, we relegate this experience to the church or we relegate this experience to sometime in the future. And I've learned to believe, I'm going to share this with you. I've learned to believe, glory, that whenever we preach the word, teach the word of God, and the Acts 238 message is in there, if, ooh, glory, if somebody repents of their sins, you should expect them to receive the Holy Ghost on the spot. Absolutely. My Lord, I've learned to live that way. As a pastor in San Antonio, I was stationed in San Antonio for a couple of years. His name is James Jackson. And if you have an opportunity to have him on your podcast, let me tell you something. You have to have him. He is, okay. he is phenomenal. So uh, his testimony, part of his testimony, he's prayed over two, three people to the, to, to the baptism of the Holy Ghost, through to the baptism of the Holy Ghost in his home. Hmm. Not wow. in the church, in his home. You know, and when I, you know, we begin to connect and fellowship and talk, and then he started taking me on Bible studies with him and, and different occasions. And I was like, oh man, I'm about to do this too. <laughs> it got exciting to me, you know, because, you know, it, it, I, I look at what we're doing now, you know, and with the COVID protocols and restrictions and, you know, all the limitations and they're needful, they're needful, you know, but with all these limitations, we, we sort of confined the gospel uh, uh, simply to, you know, Pastor Urson preaching it or Pastor Runyon preaching it or, or some other evangelist, some man of God preaching it. When just like you and I are on Zoom right now, you know, and then you have free conference call, you know, you have these other screen sharing, you know, devices, you know, that, that can be used to minister the word of the Lord. And in fact, I, I'll tell you this from, and it all glory goes to God, from March of last year, uh, through to um, probably around June, maybe July sometime. I had a Bible study every week, every week, every day, every day, with the exception of Sunday on Zoom. Wow. Every day with the exception of Sunday on Zoom. And, and let me tell you something, you know, I had to have me a calendar. I had to have me an alarm clock. I had to have names next to the people that I was scheduled to teach. Right. And many of these curriculums, they work one God's word, such a two, two, dividing the word, salvation made simple. We worked through a lot of Crawford Coons material, Christian Development Course 1, Christian Development Course 2. Christian Development Course 1 is 40 lessons. Christian Development Course 2 is 28 lessons. And when you start teaching and ministering uh, uh, to people that are hungry, wanting to learn the word of God, let me tell you something. You know, you ain't looking for nobody's pulpit to preach. You're doing enough teaching as it is. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> So let me ask you, do you have to be an expert to teach a Bible study? No, you do. No, you do not. Let me tell you something. I'm still learning and I'm still growing. You know, uh, I think that one of our challenges is, 
is that we look at people like those that teach home, home Bible studies. I look at Pastor Ellis, you know, when he teaches, let me tell you, so Pastor Urson, when he teaches, if, if I were to try to bring the word of God to the depth that they do, man, my ears would be falling off. My tongue would be hanging out somewhere. I, I would give up, you know, but, but being that, you know, we have been empowered by his spirit and it's just taking those little, those little baby steps, you know, one step at a time, you know, and not overwhelming yourselves. Paul told us something very critical. He says, comparing ourselves among ourselves is not wise and we should not do that. And, and the, one of the reasons being is rather obvious is because we can overwhelm ourselves trying to be like brother so-and-so or sister so-and-so instead of being who we are, you know? Uh, let me tell you this, <laughs> to my embarrassment, right? I can remember when we were in Saudi Arabia before we even got back to the United States, Pastor Ellis was already teaching us how to teach rightly dividing the word. And he was so fluent with it, you know, so so great with it. Uh, his, his expressions, uh, even his jokes and uh, scripture expounding that he brought into that study, man, we were like, we wanted to do that, you know? So we were bringing in his expressions in ours, you know, bringing his jokes in ours. And so we learned a very valuable lesson. It's only one Pastor Gary Ellis and it's only one Fazel Colbert. Be you, you know, and then learn from everybody you can learn from. You know, my greatest fear and apprehension is this here. I'm afraid not to teach Bible studies. I feel the Holy Ghost on this. I, I'm afraid not to teach Bible studies for this simple reason. I don't want to lose that connection with people. We will always have the word, but our challenge, and I, I believe one of the challenges to the kingdom when we begin to work personally one-on-one -on -one with people is not being able to understand a connection and not be able to discern where they are and what they need in conversation or even as the spirit of the Lord leads us. Absolutely. So, so who is a candidate for a Bible study? Well, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> you must have had, had a... a, a um, a tracker on me today or something to ask that question. <laughs> okay. That that is so on on point. It's not even funny. Okay. Really? So so this week here, today is Thursday. This week here has been unreal. Unreal. Uh the Bible tells us, Jesus says this. He says, if you are faithful over a few things, I will make you a ruler or master over over many. Okay. There is a development and a direction that the Lord takes with our lives when we yield to the few things, when we surrender to the few things, when we focus upon the few things. And then God trusts us with the larger things. And I say that uh, in reference to your question, who's a candidate for a Bible study? Everybody's a candidate for a Bible study. This past, this past Monday, uh, my neighbors across the street uh, said this. Now I was warming up here in Ohio and they put their patio furniture out. And they said, hey, Fazel, we got our patio furniture out. When can we start Bible studies again? I didn't even ask them for a Bible study. I wasn't even pursuing it, you know, uh, but we've had Bible studies in the past and we stopped because, you know, it was COVID. So we were sitting out on their deck uh, doing the Bible studies. And I'm at the dry cleaners today, dropping off some clothes. And uh, the uh, uh, attendant there at the dry cleaner said to me, said she's been, you know, through conversation, said that she's been uh, studying an application Bible, application life Bible. And she says she doesn't really understand what she's learning or what she's reading. And I was like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> is this a guy <laughs> commercial? <laughs> so I said, let me tell you something. I said, I said, we're teaching a study on Thursdays, in which we're about to do. And we're going to be teaching, actually, Search of Truth, too. And we're doing it over Zoom and opening it up to my community. 
And we're going to be teaching that, that Bible study every Thursday until we're done. So I invited her on. So she will be joining us for a Bible study. However, join, however many join, uh, we will be doing that. So anybody's candidate for Bible study. Here, here's 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 the, the, the kicker or, or what we have we've got to be conscious of. Jesus says specifically glory, right, in Luke and in John. He says, pray ye therefore that the Father would send forth laborers into the harvest. Uh, a lot of times we as believers, we miss the opportunity to take advantage of the moment that God has brought us to. God has brought us to, you know, whether it's at an altar, give an example this past Easter in our first service, 8.30 or 9.30 service, Pastor Urshan preached a phenomenal message, you know, um, and there were several people that came to the altar. Well, one couple that came to the altar, husband and wife couple, somebody else had befriended them. The husband was baptized uh, last week. The wife had already been baptized in Jesus' name, but neither one of them had received the Holy Ghost. And I met them for the first time at the altar there, you know, and in our direction, you know, if you minister at the altar, you know, you introduce yourself, you know, hello, my name is Fazel. Um, you know, I'm a member here at the Tree of Life Church. Uh, have you received the Holy Ghost yet? No. Do you know the importance of the Holy Ghost? Uh, yes, I do. Would you like to know more about the Holy Ghost? Uh, yes, I will. Do you feel that God can fill you with the Holy Ghost now? And I shared a scripture with him. He said, yes. I said the same thing to his wife. She said, yes. And probably five minutes later, both of them speaking in other tongues as the spirit of God gave the utterance. Awesome. You know, so it's anybody's candidate for a Bible study, you know, uh, but we have to position ourselves or allow God's positioning uh, for us, you know, to take place. And even with that, you know, uh, even in our pursuit of people, for instance, you know, I felt impressed of the Lord to reach my community. Now, our church is in Cincinnati. Uh, it's another pastor who's over in Zinia, Pastor Dillingham. His church is closer here than, than ours. Um, and so I felt led of the Lord to reach my community. Well, my wife and I, a couple of weeks ago, about a month or so ago, we went around and counted all the houses in our community. Uh, we live in a little subdivision here. It's 80-something, 80 80-something 80 houses. So we've ordered Search of Truth 2, the uh, promotion, promo cards. And we're going to put them on every last one of those doors. And we're going to be inviting them to that Thursday Bible study. Now, now, now watch this here, okay? Nobody's asking me to teach it, right? Nobody's expressed any interest in it. But I feel led to pursue that, to pursue wow. that. We're, we're living in this day and hour where I'm here to tell you right now, we're going to see things that we've never seen before. Glory. We're going to experience things that we've never experienced before. We're going to see the miraculous on levels that we have never seen it. My goodness, because God had promised to pour out his spirit in this day. My Absolutely. Lord, my Lord. So, so I'm excited about it. And I look forward to what God's going to do through what we are pursuing. Oh, awesome. That, that is incredible. And I, I, I can't wait to hear about the results of you getting that out to you know, your community and seeing what the results going to be in that. Um, but but I am curious because you mentioned how this couple came to the altar and you you talked to them and and I think it's in my opinion and and I'll get your opinion on this as well that one of the lost arts of effective teaching is not just being the speaker but also hearing the result of the person you're talking to like you were at that altar if you were the only one talking then you can talk past where they're even at like you're asking them questions do you even know what the Holy Ghost is. Well, if they say no, then you know, well, that's where I need to start. I need to tell them something about the Holy Ghost. But if you just walk in and say, well, I'm the leader here. I'm the one who's going to do all the talking. You can talk past somebody and talk to somebody about something 
they don't even have a foundation to even understand what you're talking about. That's good. Then we can get frustrated as the teacher or the, the leader and the, the minister because they're not on board with what we're saying and they're not getting the result we hope for. Well, it's because they're starting at a totally different position than we started in. So I'm curious, in your, in your experience, when you're teaching Bible study, how important is it for an effective teacher to be able to hear the questions and the comments of your student so that way you know how to connect with them better? Okay, that is, that is a very good question, and I appreciate that. Let, let, me, um, let me tell you a little something about myself, okay? I'm a storyteller. I'm not a straight shooter. And, and our team, uh, home Bible study team, ministry team, they always get on me, man. Here comes a story, right? And the reason I say I that is, is because there's a connection here, okay? Yeah. Uh, for instance, there are people that have uh, ministered to me, empowered me, uh, and helped me to really grow uh, in my ability to understand people. And they have done that, you know, uh, through time, through time. I'm sharing with them intentional time sharing with them uh, for for instance and there then there are those there are some that I knew and then there's some that I did not know directly for instance it was a brother by the name of Scott Carley now Scott Carley I believe is out of Texas and I've, I've never met Scott Carley but he had taught a home Bible study uh, workshop at the church my wife attended in Austin and he had taught an altar working uh, workshop at the church in Austin never met him okay and then there's a brother which we were talking about during the, uh, the session out there in Jonesboro, Arkansas. His name is Doug Joseph. Well, Doug Joseph wrote a curriculum, which is entitled Secrets uh, to Becoming Home, Successful Home Bible Study Teachers. And it is a six-week certification course. He wrote it in 1998. I found it on the Home Missions website in 99. I started teaching that curriculum in 1999 and have been teaching it ever since. So I just, when we out there in Jonesboro, I don't remember the couple's name, but I mentioned Doug Joseph's uh, curriculum during that session out there, and they knew him. So we mm. stepped aside and began to connect with one another, and after we got back from Jonesboro, uh, I actually wrote him, and so him and I have been, been dialoguing, okay? And then there's another brother. His name is Gary Dornbach. Gary Dornbach is a pastor, I believe is in Kansas now. He was initially out of Pastor Tamil's church in Oak Creek, Wisconsin. Well, guess what he is? He is a teacher of home Bible study workshops as well, you know, and all of these men of God and ministries have lent their experience to a book and have, have opened up their uh, curriculum, their teaching, their research to the body of Christ, to the body of Christ. So our, our challenge is, you know, uh, for one, glean from those things, you know, and don't, don't limit the people that you impart to. Now, why am I saying that? I'm going to get to your question. Why am I saying that? The Bible tells us in Isaiah 55, right, that he's going to give seed to the sower, I feel the Lord, and bread to the eater, okay? So the only way that we're going to receive what we need for ministry, for the effectiveness of home Bible study as a teacher and as a leader is to release what God has already allowed us to have revelation of, allowed us to experience, to release that. So when it comes to understanding how important it is to understand the dialogue with people, uh, whether it's at an altar, whether it is in their home, uh, one of the art of, uh, of understanding, one of the art of communication is listening. It is listening. And I've learned through failure, trial and error, through experience, that when you listen to somebody, and uh, for instance, uh, 
everybody has a protocol at the altar and and we never want to you know unless it's pastor we we certainly teach the altar working class uh, i teach the altar workers class and we teach if it's not pastor uh then you know there is a certain you know ethics we want to uh observe for for instance you know brian if you're ministering at an altar and you're praying with a person i'm going to come up alongside you and i'm going to hear what you're sharing I'm going to pray with you, pray for you, and pray for that person. But I'm never going to feel that I'm the anointed one and just step in and just, okay, Brian doesn't know what he's doing. I'm never going to do that because I've learned to listen. And we should never do that as individuals because we've got to learn how to listen. And there's several things that, that happen that you learn when you listen. If you're, if you're so focused upon the results and what happened, oftentimes, and I may have to ask you to repeat your question in a second because I think I'm on a rabbit trail. <laughs> Keep on going, man. You're doing great. All right, but but what happens oftentimes we we focus so much on the results of 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 getting that person to that to that experience to that crescendo, whether it's you know them repenting and you don't know how to lead somebody to repenting, or 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 them receiving a baptism in the Holy Ghost. Well, they don't know how to pray somebody through the baptism of the Holy Ghost, or even leading somebody to commit to to a water baptism. Well, you know, you, we assume all that, you know, in our zeal and in our immaturity, and quite frankly, in our ignorance. We make, we make those assumptions instead of trusting what God has already put in that person's heart and in that person's spirit through experience and through time. So when we listen to what they're doing and, and then wait on God, something occurs there. If I'm in my prayer life, if that person, that brother, sister is in their prayer life, something's going to occur there where I'm going to discern, I need to step back and let, let the Lord work, or they're going to discern, hey, look. Maybe I can bring this brother in or sister in and they can help me out in, in this experience. So working with people, listening to people, it is it is a key because we're, we're called all of us called to edify, to build up our brothers, to build up our sisters. And if we're too busy uh, forcing ourselves into a situation, that's not that's not building. That's deconstructing that person. Absolutely. So with dialogue, sometimes it can get tough. And so. And I know I'm asking you all these questions kind of off the cuff because we, I kind of like it this way, though. I like that free conversation. You don't have to be thinking about, hey, well, did I miss what I planned? But, but here's a tough question. As a Bible study teacher, you get asked it, I'm sure. So when you're teaching the Acts 238 message and the person comes in and they realize that this is the message of salvation, how do you respond to the question of, well, what about? my mother or my dad or my aunt, my uncle that didn't have didn't ever hear this message as a, as a teacher, how have you, have you ever ran into that question? And if you have, how did you handle it? Let, let me tell you something. You, you must've been hanging around me these last six months or a year or so. Oh my goodness. You know, and I, and I say that the answer is yes. Yes. Now I'm going to, I'm going to, uh, pass Urshan that said this, and I'm going to, uh, uh, certainly um, refer and, and reference uh, him. And I'm going to refer and reference uh, a couple other things. Uh, I'm sure that there are people that are smarter than me. I'm sure that there are people that, that probably have a more sound definition uh, than this, but I'm, poor, I'm pretty sure we're all saying the same thing, maybe a little bit differently, okay? Mm -hmm. You know, uh, and I say that it, because uh, during the COVID, <clears throat> I was teaching the lesson, uh, uh, Salvation Made Simple by Pastor Jackson. And we're on Zoom teaching the lesson. And so my cousins had got um, uh, sort of caught up 
uh, it is it was a good question. They got caught up on on understanding tongues. Well, tongues cease, tongues is not the day, and, and they got caught up on that. So we had a complete Bible study that was dedicated to the gifts of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So we, we worked through that Bible study, and the next Bible study was on the blood, the importance of water baptism. Now, Pastor Jackson wrote that Bible study, and when you finish teaching the blood, the importance of water baptism, uh, to anybody, <laughs> to anybody, there is no way on God's green earth they're not going to know that they need to be baptized in Jesus' name, and uh-huh. they need to have the blood of Jesus applied unto their lives. In his study, he teaches and Amen. establishes the importance of baptism, establishes the baptism method, establishes the covenant that God made with Abraham, uh, establishes the importance of circumcision and what our biblical circumcision is, and he also establishes this is how you put on your wedding garment. When you finish teaching that Bible study, let me tell you something. Woo, my goodness, man. Look, people coming out the grave say, hold on, I need to go. I, need to right. <laughs> I mean, Pastor Jackson wrote that Bible study. I'm telling you right now, boy, he was, woo, he was in the spirit when he wrote that Bible study. It is just that good. So I'm teaching this Bible study to my family. We hit all those points, you know? Mm-hmm. And so my cousin, who does not have the Holy Ghost, who has not been baptized in Jesus' name. In fact, she lives in Dallas. And when I was out there with you guys, I tried to get her to come up to Jonesboro to attend the workshop, you know? And my whole goal, and Sheila, if you happen to hear this podcast, I'm talking about you, my <laughs> whole goal. <laughs> so my whole goal and intent behind that was, man, if she come up here, I know God's going to fill her and I know she's going to be baptized. And I was excited about that. And there's some some other friends and families that lived in Memphis. I had invited them up too. So, uh, you know, I try to live the evangelistic life. I don't care where I am, you know, reach Amen. out. And so um, at the end of the Bible study, this is what she said. She says, I don't know about the rest of you all, but I think that there are few of us on here that need to reconsider, re- revisit our baptismal experience. She said that, you yeah. know? And so, you know, when, and, and here's, what, here's what occurred. I'm excited about it. She affirmed it. And I'm, I'm in my mind, I'm, I'm like getting ready to make reservations to fly to Dallas just to baptize her in Jesus' name. Yeah. There's a pastor there, his name is slipping me right now. Uh, pastor Hanby, I think it is. He's in, uh, I think he's in Dallas or somewhere near Dallas. Well, a friend of ours that used to be in a church in Tennessee, she was a member there. So we had, I'd already coordinated with her. She had got with the evangelism director and we're already setting things up for this, for my cousin to be baptized. Well, my cousin said, Foss, I don't mean to, to, to get confrontational, but I have to ask you this. What about my mom? Mm-hmm. And, and I knew, perceived, perceived that a mom went to eternity. She passed in September. Um, she went in and not being baptized in Jesus' name. I'm not 100% sure, but I've learned a lot of things through these years. And so when she said that, it, 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 it crippled me. It, I mean, to my heart. I knew yeah. what, how to answer, but how can I be sensitive? How can I really, you know, make this thing palatable for her? And so I said to her, you know, um, I said, Sheila, I said, you don't know what your mom's experience was. And, and here's why I said that. I said that because uh, Sheila's mom and my mom and another uh, a lady who I've just found out probably 10 years ago that we're related to, uh, all grew up there in Newton County, Georgia, uh, uh, Newton, Georgia, Baker County, Georgia, as kids. You know, my mother received the Holy Ghost and, and uh, as, a, as a young person at a, at a church, uh, either there in Georgia, Florida, I, I don't remember where, uh, but they all grew up and had this wonderful experience. Well, back in the day, you know, it's just like um, we talk and we talk about different denominational movements, 
but we talk about one particular man, which I won't name since we're not doing that. But he is the, the founder of a major uh, organization, Christian organization, uh, and and he himself had been baptized in Jesus' name. Uh, and then the person that was the leader of that organization after him, he himself had been baptized in Jesus' name, and both had the Holy Ghost. You know, uh, uh, so there's no telling what they experience as children come in, you know? And so I tried to comfort her with, with that experience. And, and the truth of the matter, it, it speaks to the question because we don't know what a person has experienced coming up, but we know God is a righteous judge. We Absolutely. know what the word expects, but we know God is a, God is a righteous judge. And I, 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 left, I left it at that. I left it at that. Now we continue on do Bible studies for a moment and, and, and so everything kind of sort of dissipated. So we're still, Looking to connect one day, but I understand seasons. I understand yep. seasons, if anything. Absolutely. I love that that verse uh, is in Genesis, I believe. It says the judge of all the earth will do what is right. And and that's that tends to be kind of the verse, uh, my go-to verse when I'm asked that question is that, that God will judge rightly. We won't see him in heaven and, and ever think, well, he made the wrong decision. And it won't offend me if they're there. It won't offend me at all, but we have to focus on this that's at hand. We have Absolutely. to still contend with what the Bible says between us, because I, I think I was asked before, and again, I, I know that I'm not the guest here, uh, so I'm about to ask you another question, but I've been asked before that, um, well, I just not lost my train of thought trying to talk to my, uh, explain the what judge. I'm talking about now. Yeah, yeah the righteous judge. Um, oh, I was asked before, so are you telling me that if I were to die today, that I wouldn't make it to heaven. And my response was, well, the good news is you haven't died today. And so while we have this time, we have to respond to what the Bible actually teaches. Um, as a teacher, just tagging into that, how frustrating is it for you as a teacher when you've been teaching someone for a long time and it just doesn't feel, seem like they're making the right decisions? How do you manage? ministering to a person that they enjoy Bible study, they like you, it's just, they, and they get what you're saying, but they're, you're just not seeing the change. How do you maintain patience with them? And this is a big question we really don't ever talk about. Is there ever a time to say, you know, honestly, there's some people we have to wash our hands of. Is there ever a circumstance that you've experienced that that's ever been necessary? Are you sure you haven't been following me some sort of way this last year? Look, I'm I just, gotta ask I'm just, that. I'm just, I'm just walking in the spirit, man. That's it. Oh my goodness, are you ever walking in the spirit? You know, oh my goodness, because every last one of those points and, and the question that you have, you have asked, uh, I've experienced it before in the past, but literally in this last year and a half, it has been my experience. Okay. Wow. Uh, so I, I, I get an example. There's a person that we've been working with, been working with for a while. Okay. Uh, I've taken this person through. Uh, salvation made simple. And then the, the uh, I say this, uh, if you're familiar with the um, uh, Brother Cunningham's Bible study, I'm trying to think of it right now, it just slipped my mind. It used to be called uh, something about fruit and I have it somewhere over here. Um, it had come to me in a second. But anyway, the Bible study that he wrote, that Bible study is designed to be taught uh, with uh, each lesson has a review. Uh, there's scriptural memorization for for every lesson, at least one or two scripture memorization for every lesson. Uh, and there's a midterm at lesson six, 
uh, and there's a final at lesson 12, okay? And so uh, I started teaching that uh, to, to a few people. So I'm a part of the church here in Cincinnati, some are not. Uh, I started teaching that, but I started teaching them that lesson with that expectation, with that direction, using the way the Bible said it's designed to be taught. I started using that. I, and I've seen one brother, now I'm gonna tell you how hungry this guy was, right? I won't call his name, but Michael, if you're near, <laughs> Michael, if you ever happen to hear this, I'm talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Listen, so so this brother, Michael, uh, was dating a young lady in our church, okay? Now, Michael's from Youngstown, um, and at the time, he was worshiping in the Baptist church, okay? And so there was a good friend of mine, Rasheen Witten, uh, who's in New Jersey, and he's a police officer. So we were doing uh, the uh, Apostolic Man, uh, Brother Bernard's book, at five in the morning as a men's devotional. I mean, I don't know how many months we did that. And, and I'm telling you, and it, it, it digs some things out of you. It's quite challenging as you work your way through that. So, so Michael was a little apprehensive to some of the apostolic doctrine and, and, and comments, biblical doctrinal comments that we were making. And he says, I'm not apostolic. So that's what Michael said then, okay? And so a little while later, um, I'm Pastor Ellis has me coming back and forth on Saturday. So Michael now, he's, out of Michigan, but he's back in Ohio. He's uh, working at the University of Cincinnati or teaching at the University of Cincinnati. Um, and I think he had, he had just got married one or the other. And so we're now teaching the Brother Cunningham's curriculum on Saturday mornings, okay? And he is eating it up, eating it up. Still hasn't been baptized, right? Still hasn't received the Holy Ghost. So we're working, working through that. And um, we're probably at lesson eight or nine, somewhere around there. And so Michael, he's married now. So Michael's in church. Uh, his wife is in church and she's been in church. Uh, Michael's parents are from Youngstown and God fills Michael with the Holy Ghost. Amen. Awesome. Praise God. At the service where his parents are there. And it says, boom. I mean, it's happening. Now, he wasn't resistant to Jesus and baptism, but he was a little, you know, wanting a better understanding, just really waiting to, to work some things out in his own paradigm. Okay. And so a few weeks or months after that, then we baptized Michael in Jesus' name, okay? Now, man, I feel, that was a good question, brother. So then it was this other brother. <laughs> it, was, it was this other brother, okay, who's in church, okay, who's in church. I don't know all his, his background, but who's in church, whose sons, this is what he said, whose sons, he didn't want them to get saved early on in the years, in their teens, because he did not want them to backslide. And I will not call this brother's name, right? But that is probably the most bizarre thing I've ever heard of. You don't want yeah. your sons to get saved because you're worried about them being backslide? Well, you know, oh. So, so anyway. Yeah, kind of backwards thinking. Kind of. Oh my goodness, big time. So, so anyway, we started teaching him, all four of them, uh, his sons, him and his fiance on Saturday mornings, you know, just, and we started teaching them Salvation Made Simple, then taking them in through the other curriculum. I can't remember why I haven't thought about that just yet. Uh, taking them through the other curriculum. Well, you know, uh, they wanted to be baptized. They, you know, got with their dad, dad, I want to be baptized. And their dad pursued me, connected with me. And so we agreed to baptize, right? So when they got baptized, the fiance got baptized first, God filled her with the Holy Ghost. The oldest son came in the pool, got baptized next. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. Amen. The second son came in next. Get, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. And I'm in there rejoicing, but I am laughing so hard. Because <laughs> the dad is on the outside, and I don't know. I, I, to this day, I know that apostolic, he affirms the apostolic doctrine, what his experience is. 
what whatever negative thing he experienced for him to have that mindset, maybe his own uh, uh, connection, personal experience with that is why he felt that way. I don't know. But I have never laughed so hard in my life because God, God is sovereign. So, yeah. so when you're when you're working with people, uh, do 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 I get frustrated? I do. Mm-hmm. I do. I do. But I've, I've learned something and I try to in my mind and in my spirit, just just rely upon that. And that is the the, the sea that went forth and the type of ground that it fell upon, because mm-hmm. I don't know the process. I don't know what, you know, analytical, uh, what type of approach they're, they're using to understand scripture. I don't know what challenges that they're having. You know, I, I don't know that. I don't know that. Some of them I do, you know, and, and I will tell you this, some of them that I do, those that I do, uh, you can't be afraid when God prompts you to, to use a word to, to challenge them, you know, to use it. For, for instance, there was a, a, a young lady who was in the curriculum my goodness, I can't believe I can't remember that. It was in the curriculum, the long-term curriculum, Brother Kenny's Bible study, and we're teaching her, just finished the lesson, on actually teaching the lesson on repentance. Now, ooh, okay, can't mention no names, won't mention no names, right? <clears throat> well, I, I'll say this, I'll say this. You, right? you just make a fake name up. Okay, well. Call him Tony, because he's not here right now. <laughs> Call him Tony, even if it's a lady. I won't do that. I won't. <laughs> no, well, this this person, uh, and this person that she was dating, okay, were always coming to church. And for some reason, they would always sit right behind me. And at the time, I was sitting at the first pew, you know, it's me, then the altar. And they would sit right behind me, you know. Well, you know, I started, I felt something, you know, for this brother, you know, and I started ministering to him at the altar, talked to him, counseling him about repentance. God filled him with the Holy Ghost immediately. Wow. You know, and I baptized in that same service. Now they're, they're, they're cohabitating. And mm-hmm. I started teaching Bible studies at, at their house. This woman was born again. This woman was born again, okay? Mm-hmm. I can't believe to tell you, begin to tell you, you know, the amount of, uh, how would I say this? Uh, uh, hills, valleys that I had to cross over to get to that point to go in that house. Not being self-righteous, not being judgmental, but realizing that we do no better as believers. You know, we do yeah. no better as believers, but I'm focusing on, upon him. And man, he is, he is getting it. I mean, he is getting it, you know? And I said, man, I said, I know God, it's not good that man should be alone, <laughs> but I'm, pray- I'm praying to you that you get this brother alone. You get this yeah. brother alone. <laughs> <laughs> Five to six months later, it happened. You know, huh. it happened, okay? And, and so um, I think understanding and being sensitive uh, to know when to challenge people, biblically speaking, because one of the things that we teach, and we teach this, uh, the uh, certification course by uh, Doug Joseph, <clears throat> and in that curriculum, he states, and, and um, I, I got a book here in front of me, uh, Ron Wilhite, it's another book on home Bible studies that was written, and, and all these authors are saying the same thing, that the longer-term Bible studies, it helps build bridges of friendship, but what it also does, it creates opportunities of ministry. Yeah. Every single time you're teaching an all-term Bible study. Now, now, what we we have got to have the internal fortitude to do as teachers, we have got to have the, the willingness, the boldness, the confidence, and the humility to challenge somebody, biblically speaking, when when we feel that's that's appropriate at that time. You you follow me? It's not the first lesson, but but once you have I, I give an example. I said this, I said this Sunday morning. 
when Pastor Urson uh, uh, and I were ministering. I said, I said this, and I mean it to, to my heart. Everybody needs a Chris Taylor in their life. You need that personality. You need that type of person in your life. Everybody needs, uh, you know, Pastor Runyon. They're Runyon in your life. You know, you need that type, that part of personality, that part, that personality, and that pastor. You need that in your life. You know, well, when you're teaching a ministry, what happens with that in the time frame that that or teaching a Bible study and you're connecting with people, what happens with that? You give people access to you, and you have access to them. And when I said Sunday morning, how many times Chris has ministered to me on the phone and we're just in a conversation, that was real. That wow. was real, you know? And I don't yeah. know how many times, you know, uh, you know, I have ministered to him or encouraged him. And, and I prayed that it, it was real for him. And when mm -hmm. we're ministering and, and teaching home Bible studies, to whether it's a couple, a single person, college campus, dorm room, library, wh whomever, we've got to realize that everybody's got to grow. And, and, and just like in that parable, in Matthew 13, when Jesus said some seed fell, it wasn't an accident, but he was describing the heart of man. Some seed fell on the stony grounds, amongst the thorns, on the wayside. What is it showing? It's showing a lack of understanding, but the seed fell there. They did get something. And then on the stony ground, it's showing that, that zeal, that emotional response, right? It didn't really produce everything it could have produced, right? But it did land somewhere, okay? And I've heard stories, and, and even in my personal experience, where that seed stayed there on the stony ground for, for a very long period of time. Mm -hmm. And some, some fell on the thorns, right? It hit the ground. It hit the ground, right? But, but they didn't bring it forth. The trials, the experiences, the negativity, COVID, <laughs> you know, COVID, it began to choke the word out. The cares and the deceitfulness of riches began to choke the word out. But some seed fell on the good ground. Now, just because the seed fell on the wayside, doesn't mean it's not going to get to the good ground. Man, I feel the Lord on this, right? So we, we've got to understand that process of being patient, being temperate, being long-suffering. And we've got to understand how powerful our prayer lives is. Because I promise you, nobody wants this person to be saved more, the, more so than the Lord. Yeah, absolutely. I, I don't care what title we have on our names. <laughs> I don't care. Preach around the world all you want to. You still do not carry the emphasis that God cares about that soul being saved. No, you're on it. Absolutely. Uh, hey, you, you've mentioned just a couple of times kind of in passing, and I just feel to ask you just to preach to us for a second about seasons and time. Because you, you talked about the, the seed, and earlier you said something about how you learned about seasons. I, I just want to hear you just speak from the heart about it for a minute. Absolutely. I'll I tell you this here, okay, being transparent. Uh, so Pastor Erson is the uh, chairman of the uh, city of uh, uh, the Pentecostal Foundation for our, our city, for the city of Cincinnati. He is the sitting chairman currently. Okay. And Pastor Urson has a vision. His vision uh, is for all of our ministries, all of our churches in the apostolic faith to, to glean from one another, to glean from one, you know, to, to sort of uh, centrally locate our resources. So what we may have in leadership, uh, we can offer unto them. What you may have in event you can offer unto us. What we may have in financial counseling, we can offer that to you. What you may have in, in, in music ministry, you can offer that to us. So we, he, this is his vision. So uh, I would say last year uh, and the year before, uh, we were ministering to Pastor uh, Hardy, Leonard Hardy, uh, Christ Tabernacle Apostolic Church over in Hamilton, Ohio. Who? And Pastor Hardy, and I hope you get this, you get this podcast. I'm going to certainly recommend it uh, because Pastor Harley, Hardy, not only David and his wife uh, uh, and Pastor Hardy's whole leadership 
not only became our our friends, right? But he helped me to learn and live through an experience. And that was an uncomfortable season. When, when we speak of seasons, we're speaking of times where we're going through something on a personal level. It could be an expectation. It could be a desire of wanting something to be to be manifested. For, for instance, when we had to cancel our workshop last year be, because of COVID, oh my goodness, hurt. Okay, that hurt. And then on top of that, I mean, this this some things are happening back to back. And then one of the nursing homes we were ministering at, they came under contract of a new organization. And that organization decided they did that they did not want chaplaincy care there anymore. And so the chaplain was let go. She contacted me and told me that we can't minister there any longer. That hurt, you know. And then on top of that, you know, around that same time, there was an individual that said that, you know, we're, we're not wanting Bible studies anymore. And in fact, I'll tell you like this, there was a couple, not a couple, mother and son, uh, who was very much interested in, in change. And his brother was going through some changes, uh, some circumstances in his life. And, you know, I, and I, 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 I issued this disclaimer, you know, probably for legal reasons, but, but I issued this disclaimer. I'm not a licensed therapist. I'm not a counselor. I'm not a relationship expert, but I am your brother <laughs> in the Lord and I do pray. Yeah. <laughs> That's my disclaimer. And so I, I never met her in person, but we wanted to do Bible studies. They wanted us to do Bible studies, doing Bible studies with them. And then they decided, you know, because of the in, in influence of a neighbor that they didn't even want the Bible studies anymore. And man, I'm like, and with everything I got going on, you know, in, in terms of ministry, Bible studies, that thing hurt. I'm telling you right now, that thing hurt. You know, it's like I knew him all my life. It bothered me, you know, uh, because I had to respect it. I had to respect it. Well, it was at that season, I feel that God was humbling me, you know, allowing heart to experience something that would become something pliable, glory, for, for something else down the road. Who knows what increase is going to come? The Bible tells us. James tells us and Isaiah tells us that God does what? God will lift you up if you are humble, right? Glory. So humility has a, elevating you to, to the place where now you can be put in this season or put in this place to serve the purpose of God. You know, I, I'm, I'm always captured, always captured when I look back over, you know, my Christian experience to this point. And I look at my pastor in Germany, I look at Pastor Ellis, and I look at my pastor in San Antonio, and I look at the pastor that served there in Korea, and I look at the pastor here in Dayton, and I, I, I realize where we are now with, with Pastor Ursh. Can I tell you this right here? That if I would have tried to serve God with the veracity, uh, with the zeal that I had under Pastor Ellis, if I would try to serve God under uh, these other pastors, what I was in that season, I, I would greatly hinder, hinder my own growth and really stifle my productivity as far as the kingdom of God is concerned. Now, now, why do I say that, right? If we are called to be brothers and sisters in the Lord, there is an expectation God has for us as believers. We are to love one another. And if we're loving one another, Jesus said, by this shall you also be known as my disciples. But, but do you know also, that I think it's John 7 or 8, that Jesus said that your fruit should, be, should remain. If you bear fruit, your fruit should remain. And Absolutely. by this also, are you going to know that we are his disciples if our fruit are, is remaining? So if there's no fruitfulness in my life, if I learn a principle of love, of humility, and I reject that because I'm so zealous from, from 19, whatever it was when I got saved. Actually, what, 19? Yeah, it was 1990 when I got saved. If I'm living off of that zeal in 2000 and whatever this is, 2021, 
and I'm not recognizing the value that we have to one another as brothers and sisters in the Lord. And and I'm I'm and I'm I'm pursuing things that like like you know I don't know any better. Like I'm not acknowledging the season through all those years of experience, and I'm failing to acknowledge the season of my life. I'm doing the kingdom of disservice. I'm doing a church of disservice, and I'm doing my brothers and sisters in Christ a disservice because I'm failing to recognize the season that I'm in. Absolutely. The Bible says that the men of Issachar discerned the times. They recognize, they recognize. So we can't act like we don't know. Glory. There's never a time in our Christian experience as men and women of God that we can act like we don't know. If you don't know, it's the question. But just don't assume that it is the way that it is. Ask the question. And if the question is not answered, Lord, it ain't the time. God, take me to a place in prayer. Take me to a place, Lord, where my spirit is sensitive to your direction. Let me follow the leading of you and not my ego or my zeal. Oh, shatabo shahaya. Man, that's good. So understanding the times, understanding the seasons, realizing where we are, where we are not, gleaning from what we have received and experienced in the past, and then adding value to who we are right now and being an asset to the kingdom and not a hindrance. Oh man, that is so awesome. Uh, I'm so glad you shared that. And that is, that is powerful. And I believe it's ministering to someone right now as they hear it, they probably just now put it on pause and they're probably having a little prayer meeting right now. And man, this is the power of God has been, been in this conversation. God can move through zoom. Can he? Yes, he can. Lord. Yes, he can. Yes. Oh, yes, he can. Yeah. So if, if anyone's, ever curious they want to see you doing a bible study are they able to log into the zoom or is this something that's sort of a, a private group not necessarily a private group but but is it is as needed okay you know um here shortly uh, i'm actually in conversation with uh, vistaprint and vistaprint is actually building our website uh, kingdom life uh, ministries web and so there will be sessions on there excuse me where we will be, we're, where we will be doing some specific teaching uh, on home Bible studies. We're going to be uploading. I said there's a Pastor Runyon and you all when we were there. Uh, we will be uploading on the process of recording, uploading our videos on Teachable. That's going to be on our, our website. You will have access to that. Uh, I think that the joy of uh, teaching home Bible studies, if you're interested, uh, and uh, you know your schedule's free because right now. You got to be flexible. We're in two different time zones. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Uh, so when I finish tonight, you know, uh, with you, it depends on what time we finish. I, I'm recording with the Spanish, our Spanish congregation tonight. We're actually going through the um, certification course, and our Spanish pastor, Brother Raul Rubio, has been translating tonight. James Gaza is going to be translating, uh, and we're doing it every Friday night. And we have just been having a wonderful, wonderful time. And I thank God for that. So uh, if anybody's interested and would like to join us on a Bible study, join me as we're teaching a Bible study, just have them email me. Anybody can email me at uh, fculbrea uh, at gmail.com. So it's fcolbreath minus a th uh, at gmail.com. Hey, let me know your schedule. When are you going to be teaching this? Have you taught this? Let me tell you something. I'm, I'm excited about it. Uh, Pastor Urson has, has blessed us so much as a home Bible study ministry. And we're seeing things, man, let me tell you something that we have never seen before. And God wow. has given us increase. In fact, I would tell you this to God be the glory. Uh, I, I hope I'm not. Uh-oh, did I lose you? Uh-oh, I think I lost Brother Colbert there. 
Are we reconnected? Yes. Okay. All right. So anyway, as you were saying. Well, you know, I, it, it is my prayer. You know, we were, um, you know, initially talking about, you know, how to connect with Bible studies that, that I'm teaching or anybody really teaching if you want to grow specifically as a teacher. But it is my prayer uh, for, for believers worldwide, you know, uh, to pray for laborers as the Lord has said to pray for laborers. I, I can remember hearing a story, uh, 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 a testimony of Brother Cornwell uh, and how uh, there was a prophecy uh, that Brother Cornwell either released or prophecy that his church received that God would in this hour raise up people to teach others how to teach home Bible studies. I think the story went something something similar to that, you know. Uh, but it is it is it is my prayer uh, uh, to to pray for laborers, you know. Every specifically, you know, they, we we thank God for the ministry of home Bible studies. We thank God for the ministry of school teachers, our ushers, our security. We thank God for all of those, but it is my prayer that we pray for laborers, pray for those that are actually out there working in the field. I can remember years ago, uh, Mike Mitchell was preaching at Black Evangelist, now Build a Bridge Conference. And I don't even remember where it was at the time. One time it was Jackson, Mississippi. One time it was in Orlando. But I can remember him ministering on the nets and he was given the characteristic of the nets and how in deep sea, nets pull everything in that they they grab a hold to. And it's only when you get those nets to shore do you see the stress that was upon those nets because of everything they've been holding on to. The nets don't talk to you, they don't care. But you see the wear, did you see the wear and the tear that's on the nets? And, and here's something, if we don't open up a dialogue with home Bible study teachers, those laborers, our Sunday school teachers, those that are laboring on Sunday morning, laboring through the week and, and just helping ministry happen, letting the church to be effective. And as the church goes forward, don't create conversations with them. You're never gonna see the wear, the terror. You're never gonna see the toil. You're never gonna see the stress. You're never gonna connect with what's happening in their home, you know? Because we, we're, especially from the military perspective, because we're used to laboring. We're used to working. We're so used to going forward, you know, that oftentimes to our own neglect, you know, we don't focus upon the things that are obvious to everyone else around us, but because the conversation ha has occurred, the nets are tearing. Absolutely. Pray for, pray for laborers. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that should definitely be everyone's prayer. And, uh, and even Jesus, like you said, he mentioned it, that, that the harvest is there. We just need laborers. Um, it's ready. We just need people that are active in the harvest. And I, I thank you for taking the time to equip people and encourage people to teach Bible study and to be active in evangelism. And there's so much more we could talk about, but the day could only go so long and, and you've got Bible study to get ready for this evening. And so I, I thank you very much, Brother Colbert, for coming on and taking this time to talk with us. Maybe sometime in the future I can get Tony where he's got actually some free time and he can come in and we can do a round two on something because there's so much that we could still talk about. And, and so as um, we sign off here, I do want to ask you if there's any last word you want to leave uh, other than if, you, if there's something you just want to go back and retouch or, or just I'll let you uh, send us home real quick. Yes. Well, I, I, I thank you, uh, Brian. I appreciate it. I, I do want to leave this here. Uh, as home Bible study teachers, you have to have three types of library, three types of Bible studies in your library. You need to have an evangelistic Bible study, your Pentecostal experience, a place prepared for you, the new birth, something that ministers specifically to salvation.
you need to have as a home Bible study teacher, a long-term Bible study, exploring God's word, search for truth, search for truth to uh, lead him into Christ, uh, uh, a long-term Bible it creates those ministering and growing opportunities. And you need to have a doctrinal Bible study of the oneness of God, um, um, rightly dividing the word, you know, of uh, the new birth, you know, and, and teach these Bible studies on a frequent basis as often uh, as you can uh, in order to be a blessing to those in our, in our community and not to neglect those that are needing it. And, and let's not make assumptions that, that people know what they know. What, what they need to know. Let's not make those assumptions. Let's help people to grow, you know, and, and don't be surprised when, when people, you know, that you expect to be in one place spiritually or even in the knowledge of God's word, don't be surprised when you found out that they're not. They need a Bible study. They just need a Bible study, you know? Absolutely. The Bible tells us that there were those that uh, actually Priscilla and Aquila took somebody aside privately, I believe it was, and they didn't make an open spectacle of the situation, you know, because there are those that have reputation of great influence, but they may need to know a little bit more. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having a crucial conversation. You're absolutely welcome, brother. I appreciate uh, the invite and being on as a guest. Tell Pastor Runyon and Pentecostal Jonesboro, Pentecostal Jonesboro, I said hello, and I love to miss you guys already. <laughs> oh, man. Well, hopefully we'll come, you'll see us soon. Thank you so much. You're absolutely welcome. God bless you.